0: Father in heaven, we ask that you would send us your spirit, send us the spirit of truth, we pray, that we might discern the signs of the times, understand your will for us in this hour of earth's history, that we might come closer to your word, obedience to you, faith in Jesus Christ for our eternal salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host for another 30 minutes of news and information of what's happening today in our world just this week. We're seeing a whole lot happen that has biblical and prophetic significance. Our most important task as Christians is to study the life and character of Christ, the sacrifice and the salvation that he wrought out for us on the cross, to behold and contemplate his goodness in the face of... Of Jesus Christ. And as you do that, you start digging into the scriptures and you find the prophecies, you find uh, indicators that the last days will look like this and this and there are signs of the times. And these are the signs that you can tell that you're living in the final events of Earth's history. Not that you set dates for Christ's second coming or anything fanatical or foolish like that, but we do anticipate that great day, that great hope, that great event where Jesus will come upon the clouds of heaven and we will be taken up to be with him. This is literal. The Bible is a literal book when it comes to speaking of historic events. You know, when it talks about the beast power and the dragon with seven heads and ten horns, these are obviously in the prophetic apocalyptic genre using symbolic language, but to point toward literal historic realities. And so we're seeing before our very eyes the, 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 the formations of what will become those final events of Bible prophecy. And we've got a lot of different news to cover today, but the first item that I found here to be significant from a prophetic standpoint, it says from the Financial Times, U.S. companies face another bleak earnings season with analysts forecasting the longest profit recession since the financial crisis. Energy groups are especially are expected to weigh heavily on the S&P 500 results, while a number of other sectors such as financials are struggling to increase profitability. Earnings of of the major groups that comprise the S&P 500 index are seen falling 5% in the second quarter from the same 3-month period in 2015. That forecast is slightly lower than the 6.8% decline seen during the first quarter, but will mark the fourth straight quarterly decline according to data from the S&P Global Market Intelligence. What is that all about? Well, basically we've seen a 6.8 and then a 5% quarterly drop in profits, and so so this is this is an earnings recession as they're calling it from these S&P 500 largest 500 companies. In America and in in our economy. And so, economic crisis on the horizon, you know, economic recession, how does this play into the fulfillment of Bible prophecy? Well, you know that Revelation 13 describes a time where human beings on planet Earth will not be permitted to buy or sell unless they have acknowledge the supremacy of the beast power and you can study this all by the way at at bibleprophecytruth.com excellent resource excellent website go there to study the prophecies bibleprophecytruth.com but when we when we think about okay well what kind of social and economic circumstances would necessitate or would lead to such a dystopic fantastical type of future where they literally have a cashless society and they're controlling buying and selling and they can switch off anybody's ability to buy or sell if they're not compliant with the religio-political establishment of the day. Well, it, it comes out of crisis. Order out of chaos all we need now is the right major crisis, as it was said by one of the Rockefellers years ago in trying to build a new world order, a global economic system of controls. And so we're seeing the beginnings of another recession coming in. And will this just be another run of the mill recession where you move in and you move out of it? Who knows the timing of these matters? But we knew that do know economically something big is coming, economic crisis globally that the elites have been warning about and are actually precipitating right now. I won't get into all that again. We've covered that on the broadcast, 11thHourDispatch.com You can listen to the old broadcasts of, of this radio program, 11thHourDispatch.com But, who knows where we're going next? We do know where we're going long term. And that is, we're going home. We're going to heaven. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He's going to be with us until the very end of the age. And yes, there will be those times of persecution. There will be the crises and the the signs of the times get pretty intense. Jesus said it's like birth pangs. They increase in, in their frequency and in their intensity up until that great joyful moment where he comes again on the clouds, which is likened unto the birth of a child. But there's some pain along the way. There's some experience of difficulty along the way before you get there. Now let's get into some science news. I found this to be interesting uh, on the health front. This from AFP. Artificially stimulating the brain's feel-good center boosts immunity in mice in a way that could help explain the power of placebos, a study reported Monday. Our findings indicate that activation of areas of the brain associated with positive expectations can affect how the body copes with diseases said senior author ASIA Rolls, an assistant professor at the Technion Israel Institute of Technology's Faculty of Medicine. So what did this study find? The feel-good centers of the brain, the pleasure experience, having a positive outlook, having positive anticipation and expectations can actually boost immunity. So in other words, negative thinking can actually suppress immunity. And this is found in other studies as well. And dwelling on the good and the true and the beautiful and and having a heart of gratitude and a positive outlook on the victory that God can give you in your life, the joy of his soon coming, basically studying the Bible and contemplating the goodness of the character of God actually helps your health. Other studies have found that it improves the frontal lobe of the brain, which actually will give you greater victory over, you know, with self-control and the will. Will help you to have more altruistic and empathetic thoughts toward others. The frontal lobe is where you have all of your spiritual, spirituality, moral discernment, decision making, all of these things. So we want to definitely think biblically. And that's not just some, you know, fake popcorn pop psychology of just think positive. Well, you know, if I'm a sinner in need of salvation, you know, I can't just think positive out of that, right? I I can't think my way out of that with positive thinking. What I need is the grace of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit in my life that will bring the salvation of Jesus Christ to renew my heart, renew my mind. And then you know what? I have plenty to be positive about at that point. But it does take that initial realization that I am a sinner that i am in need of salvation that i am uh, i've got this condition this this sin sick soul this propensity to selfishness that needs to be healed needs to be cured and that's not negative thinking that's just reality and when we look at the signs of the times and the world falling apart and the global crises emerging all around us on every front this this full spectrum dominance of satanic fury in our world that seems to be enveloping society and taking over individuals that's not negative thinking either. It's just reality. We've got to then, though, dwell, up, dwell upon the hope. We've got to acknowledge realistically what it is that we're facing because there is an enemy in this world. And then we say, thanks be to God for the glory of Jesus Christ, because who shall save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. KTLA Los Angeles reports, for the first time, scientists have produced a computer image showing huge sections of California rising and sinking around the San Andreas Fault. The vertical movement is a result of seismic strain that will ultimately release in a large earthquake. The San Andreas Fault is California's longest earthquake fault and one of the state's most dangerous Scientists have long expected that parts of California are rising and other parts sinking around the fault in a way that is ongoing, very subtle and extremely slow. Such vertical movement makes a lot of sense. California sits on the border of two gigantic tectonic plates, the Pacific and North American, that are constantly grinding past each other. And so the report goes on to say that finally they've got computer imagery. They've detailed this. It's confirmed Rising and falling of California along these plates and the soon, this, this, this implicates and, and implies once again that what they've known all along, that we are, we are sitting on a powder keg. There's the big one coming. Biblically, Matthew 24, watch for an increase in the frequency and intensity and the variety and diversity of earthquakes. Talked about that a whole bunch on the broadcast. We won't get into all of the data and the numbers, but they're rising decade over decade. Geographically, they're becoming more in strange places like Oklahoma. But talk about a global crisis. How about this one? UNICEF reports, one in nine children being raised in war zones. One in nine children in this world is living in a war zone. Is that not sad and tragic? Does that not cause you to be grateful for the peace that we enjoy in our society by and large? And things are trending toward uh, instability and and, and disorder. And and that's reality. But for many people right now, they're already living in the time of the tribulation. I mean, they're living in the time of trouble. And by the way, when I just threw out that word tribulation, if that makes you think of, you know, the different end times theories and, and, and the rapture and all of this. Be sure to visit BibleProphecyTruth.com because I'll tell you something, there is a ton of deception out there on the topic of prophecy. There's a whole lot of nonsense and ridiculous speculation that's not responsible Bible study. And there's a lot of cooked up theories that pose as legitimate biblical doctrine that are inventions of man. So how do you sort through all that? Do you just throw up your hands and go, well, everybody's got an opinion and it's just your opinion and there's no way to access truth? Do you believe that the God of truth would make truth inaccessible to us? No way. Study it out for yourself. You'll see how clear the Bible is about all of these issues from tribulation to rapture to the second coming of Jesus to the mark of the beast to the identity of the antichrist all of this is very 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 clear in the bible and used to be much more well understood by the christian church there has been about a century of a whole lot of uh, maybe two centuries or more actually of especially on this topic a whole lot of confusion i won't get into all that right now study it at bible prophecy com. but when we look at the world facing the, the uh, birth pangs of the last days, increase in wars and rumors of wars. That's what the Bible said would happen. And so we see now one in nine children being raised in war zones. AFP reports that the number of refugees and others fleeing their homes worldwide has hit a new record, spiking to 65.3 million people by the end of 2015, said the United Nations. And of course... The, the migrant crisis being a large portion of that, the, the single biggest migration and refugee crisis since World War II. Uh, we're looking at unbelievable numbers here. The highest number of people in history are fleeing from their homes worldwide right now or have fled from their homes worldwide. 65.3 million people. That's astounding. Our prayers go out to these oppressed and persecuted people, to the, to the children, to the families. May the Lord awaken them to the hope in Jesus Christ. And may each one of us thank him for the limited time of peace we have before the storm really begins. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Martin Lidstrom, Neuromarketing Executive at Apple, recently revealed that iPhone users have a, quote, relationship with their iPhones. Yes, you heard that right, a relationship. He explained that their brain studies that they did revealed that the love circuits of the brain actually fire when iPhone users are engaged with their beloved device. In his words, people are literally in love with their iPhones. You and your device are the two becoming one flesh... At every church I speak at, folks say the same thing. Scott, why didn't anybody tell us this before? So, folks, grab a pencil and write this down. Media on the Brain. It's a six-DVD series that will arm you with the vital information on the undeniable effects of entertainment media and how to break free. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. for merciful save your precious redeemer and friend who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men oh you rescue the souls of men Back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. Scott Ritzema, your host, here with you for one more segment of news and information. I want to invite you to visit the website 11thHourDispatch.com. And the reason that I say that is not everybody necessarily catches every program on the radio. And so we archive every broadcast as an MP3. Download for free, for now at least. We've got them all up there, I believe, since the uh, inception of the... Radio show last year Getting back into the news King TV Seattle Seattle adult summer camp Provides escape from stress Now this is quite interesting An adult summer camp Nikita Kosov works sales For a Seattle tech startup It's stressful. And even at just 23 years old, sometimes he longs to be a kid again. I get tired of the noise, whether it's on the city streets, the constant noise from my cell phone or TV. It's hard to just be. Now that was a profound statement. This whole thing about needing to play and being a kid, you know, I'm not really necessarily on board with that. But getting into nature as an adult, this is part of what it means to be human. And if you've got kids and you better be playing with kids if you got kids and boy do I play my son Levi and I were just the other day just whacking golf balls and hitting tennis balls in our yard and we went on a bike ride and boy is that fun looking at your little five-year-old and all of a sudden he's riding a bike and you're riding a bike next to him and I'm going man time is flying it was just yesterday you were a little baby and then this little toddler and three-year-old who couldn't even ride a bike and being potty trained, and then you move up into now he's five riding a bike next to me. We're going on a bike ride together. It was you just have that moment where everything is extra real, it's not virtual, it's not artificial, it's not flying by fast paced. It's like this moment is all that matters. And I'm praying thanks to God for my friendship and my relationship with this this kid who's just got such a large chunk of my heart, who I love so much. And every time we go on this bike ride or a walk, and we used to push the kids in the stroller past this same spot and a road near our house beside a lake and we found this spot with a log that just sits there right next to the road and one day we just decided to stop and pray there. Just have a special moment of thanking God for this beautiful nature and just listening and smelling the smells and seeing the sights and looking up at the sky and the trees overhead. Well, so we do that every time now. Every time we go for a walk past there, head over to the park, with, there's a playground past that spot. And so this was just just yesterday. My my son Levi and I, we, we went on this, with this bike ride, and, and he, he said, Dad, let's make sure to stop at the prayer log. Here it comes. And we were coming up on it, so we parked our bikes and sat down. And my son said something that just struck me so deeply because we get so busy. We're too busy for even our own thoughts of, of God and beauty and relationships. Our minds are just racing a mile a minute. What do I got to do next? And my son said in his prayer, dear God, thank you for right now. Now he was he's five. He wasn't trying to be poetic and philosophical about it. He's just like, you know, what should I thank God for? I'm just, I'm just happy for this time right now. But as I thought about that at a deeper level. Sometimes kids say the most profound things of all. Thank you for right now. Like this man in the article, Nikita Kosov. He said, with the busyness of life and the technology and the constant noise from the cell phones and the city streets and the TV, he says, in this modern world, it's just hard to be. It's hard to just be. And when we take that moment to just pause, to be still and know that he is God, to take that time to just breathe a breath of the fresh air of the pine trees around us, smell the flowers, hear the birds, and remember that we can be still and know that he is God. This isn't some, you know, weird new age meditative experience of emptying your mind. No, you're filling your mind with something way more beautiful and true and deep and wide and profound and eternal than my to-do list. Thank you for right now. And our culture needs that so desperately. So there's a Seattle adult summer camp Adult summer camp, providing adults an escape from what they call stress. I would add busyness. I would add the toxicity of the constant noise going through our heads. And this is why they've got this. I want to read on in this article because this is is just a neat thing. He says, when you're at summer camp, having the time of your life, No worries, no stress, no frustration. He says, I miss that. Well, on the shores of Padilla Bay and Skagit County, campers can do pretty much anything they want. They play games, take art classes, kayak, hike, or do nothing at all. There is an oasis of hammocks hidden in the woods. You find them, you can snooze. Here is your opportunity. He calls it to act like a kid. And maybe there's some goofiness and nonsense and adults being a little bit juvenile, but the essence of this idea of getting outdoors, painting a painting, you know, exercising different areas of your brain than just your constant grindstone, 24-7 busy life. This is not being a kid. This is being human. And he says, unfortunately, we're not really invited to do that very much in life. The camp costs $450 for the four-day weekend. There's one catch, though. This is my favorite part. All technology is strictly forbidden, meaning phones, media. Everyone surrenders their phones upon arrival. No selfies, no Snapchat, no Facebook, no Instagram, which raises an interesting question at dinnertime. If a meal is served and no one posts a picture of it, what happens then? I can just go ahead and eat it, (laughs) the camper Haley asks. It's amazing. What a concept. The food, by the way, is prepared by Seattle chef Brian O'Connor. And along with the food, what strikes Haley is the quality of the conversation and how easily it flows without any social lubricants. Speaking of alcohol consumption, that's right. Camp Ra is 21 and over, but no alcohol or drugs are allowed. Not even a beer around the campfire. Now, isn't this amazing? This is young adults, by and large, who are able to have social interaction and conversation without texting one another and without needing to drink. To Haley, this is refreshing. She says, I had this really deep conversation with someone that you couldn't have at a bar. And I would add, you certainly couldn't have on Facebook Messenger. She says, I remembered it was like I talked to this guy and I didn't know what I talked about with him. For most, the weekend provides a chance to do everything and nothing at the same time. Nikita hopes that this new perspective will stay with him long after he plugs back in. I know it's not going to be easy. It'll be easy to fall back into the routine and we'll see what happens. You know, this is one of the reasons our family just moved out of the city. We wanted to live this experience as much as possible. This isn't just something you do for a couple of days and then you turn back into an automaton and your your brain becomes now merged into this techosphere and the constant noise of the city. It's like, that's not the most thriving way to live. You know, a lot of people have to work in the city. And if you can find a place a little ways out even. It's always a nice bonus. Christian News Network. Oh, before I get into this article... If you are in a situation where you're using media for a job and you're living in the city, be sure to find daily experiences if possible. Definitely, for sure, at least weekly to be getting out, to be being outdoors, even even walking in a suburban na- neighborhood. You got the birds, you know, you got the trees finding ways to get over to the park and go by the bubbling brook and visit the river and whatever. I mean, cities have opportunities to get a dose of nature and then even better, whenever possible, extended periods like what we've just read about here. Very good for your health and most importantly, for your spiritual well-being, because this is where we can connect with our Savior most easily. Professing Atheist says, It's impossible to escape a subconscious awareness of God's presence. Yes, you heard that right. An atheist says it's impossible to escape subconscious awareness of God's presence. He says it's confusing and frustrating to feel the presence of something you don't believe in. Did you know that 8% of atheists believe in openly, admittedly, believe in some sort of God or universal spirit? So that would make them not atheists. But 46% of atheists, agnostics, and people with no religious preference believe that since the universe has organization there is a creator who designed it so half of the group of people who are not religious who have no religion who are agnostic and who are atheist you loop all that into one group and you get 46% of that group believes that there's a creator so make sense of that so maybe an atheists do not actually exist Scientists say all people innately believe in God. A number of scientists in recent years have stated that atheists might not actually exist and that a belief in God is naturally ingrained into all people, promoting a recent article that is stirring discussion around the world. Last week, Nuri Vitachi published a story entitled, Scientists Discover That Atheists Might Not Exist and That's Not a Joke. In the article, Vitachi cites the work of several researchers, Graham Lawton, Pascal Boyer, who argue that the belief in God is naturally ingrained into every person. Cognitive scientists are becoming increasingly aware that a metaphysical outlook may be so deeply ingrained in human thought processes that it cannot be expunged. In other words, you, you can't remove this belief in God from the mind. Of course, these findings do not prove that it is impossible to stop believing in God. What they do indicate quite powerfully is that we may be fooling ourselves if we think that we, may, we are making the key decisions of our lives about what we believe separate from our consciousness. Yeah, you can't do that. That would be impossible because your consciousness is the only way that you perceive reality. But even self-described atheists, he says, are unable to easily separate themselves from their beliefs in the supernatural. And the difference between the atheist and the non-atheist viewpoint is maybe much smaller than previously either side's perceived. Both groups have consciousnesses which create for themselves realities which include very similar tangible and intangible elements. It may simply be that their awareness levels and interpretations of certain surface details differ. We might all be a little more spiritual than we think, Vitachi concluded. A scientist publishing a scientific article saying that the scientific finding and awareness and awakening is the human brain and consciousness inevitably, invariably, naturally, and unavoidably perceives the divine or what he calls a supernatural metaphysical understanding of something beyond us. We know who this, quote, unknown God is, Paul proclaimed it to the people in Athens. His name is Jesus. He was incarnated as a person so we could understand this God. He's not some ethereal, floating, above-us weird concept. No, he's real, and he's here to hear from you in prayer. That's your God. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Don't worry about labels, rock, pop, basically all the popular modern musical styles take their cue from those roots in the rock and roll music movement in the 1950s. People after hearing this, they say, but well, well what's, what am I supposed to listen to then? We, we start feeling like we're entitled to listen to worldly things because of the joy and pleasure that we feel we get from it. But I want to remind us what Jesus said. He said, the way to destruction is wide and broad. There's a lot of different ways you can get yourself into trouble, whether it's music or anything. But the way to life is narrow. Only a few find it, he said. And we might have to let go of a lot of things that we love and we've become accustomed to, to make sure that we're in the right place, that we are following the Lamb, and that we are not being herded off into this beast movement. The whole world followed the beast. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.